0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Changing Tides podcast. In each episode, we invite guests to have honest conversations about their mental health journeys with the goal of destigmatizing mental health within the Asian American Pacific Islander community. Due to the nature of the podcast, we'll be discussing a variety of mental health topics and possibly triggering experiences. While we and the majority of our guests are not trained professionals, we encourage you to practice self-care while listening and seek professional guidance if you or a loved one is in need of support. With that said, let's start the episode.
1: Hello, my name is Katie Mitani, and I would describe my mental health journey as inconsistent, but relatable.
0: Hello everyone, my name is Matthew Namura. I am your host, and welcome to this episode of the Changing Tides podcast. We are continuing with our series of working on you getting to know our whole CT crew. So we're continuing with this episode. We still have, we added some new crew members. So you'll see them on the podcast eventually. This person has been around since the very early stages of Changing Tides, helping out with the first event, uh, being a big contributor to Changing Tides to this day. Uh, It's been really cool to get to know her even though um, I bully her frequently, but she also bullies me. Uh, It's all playful. Don't worry. Uh, At least I hope it is. I think it is, but um, it was really great to talk to her and hear more about her story. Um, As you know, one of the cool parts about this podcast is getting to know my fellow CT crew members better. Um, I know kind of a little bit about their mental health stories, but to really get to know them on a deeper level is really cool. And this one's no different. So I did promise if they come on this podcast that I will be nice to them for the next three to five business days. uh, And I'm going to do my very best to uphold that end of the deal. But without further ado, I really look forward to hearing this episode, which is my interview with Katie Mutani katie thank you for finally being on the podcast um i did promise i'll be nice to you from now on or for the next few days uh because of this so i'll do my best to hold my my end of the deal up but i'd love to ask first about this mental health journey and the inconsistency but also why it's relatable
1: Mm -hmm. um yeah so for me i feel like my mental health journey like inconsistent was just the first word that popped to my, into my head because um, I feel like there's days where I'm doing really well and I feel like I'm making a lot of progress. Um, I even have times where I look back and I think about like the struggles that I had faced you know like throughout high school which is when my mental health struggles like kind of peaked and I look back at those days and I'm like I don't understand you know why I was struggling like I actually can't pinpoint like what the main problem was there and then so I feel like I've made a lot of progress but then at the same time there's times where I feel like it really has dipped, you know, we all have those days, but it kind of goes, there's a lot of ups and downs. Um, and I also think though that that's extremely relatable. I think a lot of people won't see their progress as like super linear where there's like, Oh, I'm, I'm struggling right now. Um, but I'm not anymore. And now I'm I'm good. Mm -hmm. Um, I think a lot of people, whether they can identify it to like specific moments, um, There's a lot of like ups and downs for pretty much everyone that struggles with mental health.
0: Totally. So I want to start from the beginning and ask when would you say your mental health journey began?
1: Yeah, so I think looking back I've struggled with a lot of signs of mental health problems like specifically anxiety through like most of my life. Um, Like talking to my mom where she's talking about like me as a child. a lot of the signs that i showed of anxiety throughout high school were kind of mirrored like within my childhood just like obviously not to the the similar extents but um to like points where i was just very anxious about like small things like growing up and like going to you know like my first ballet class or something like i did not want to like leave my mom because i was just mm. so anxious about it um so but i think around it's like fifth or sixth grade I was diagnosed with, um, eosinophilic gastroenteritis, which was like this rare stomach gastrointestinal illness, which was basically, I had too many white blood cells, which is like what your immune system is compromised of. So I like anytime I would eat and it was kind of like a food allergy, but for everything. (laughs) So anytime I would eat something like my white blood cells would just attack it. So I had a lot of like stomach problems, like stomach aches, um, a lot of nausea. Um, and Yeah, so I ended up going on this, like, elimination diet where I had to eliminate basically any food anyone has ever been allergic to. So it's, like, soy, uh, dairy, gluten, corn, so, like, any types of oils usually.
0: Uh
1: Um, A lot of other things, but my mom, luckily, was very helpful with that. She, like, did a lot of cooking and stuff, so I was able to, like, still enjoy a lot of Mm. foods just with, like, a lot of rice substitutes. Rice milk, rice butter. Um, but (laughs) I was also missing a lot of school because of that, obviously. Um, so it was kind of hard to tell. So I was around fifth, fifth or sixth grade. And then I struggled with that. I kind of got over it around maybe eighth grade, beginning of high school, maybe. Um, but it was hard to tell where the symptoms of like physical illness stopped and where the mental health, um, symptoms kind of kicked in because as I mentioned, it was like stomach aches and nausea, um, and like the feeling of like my throat closing up. So that, as like you may know, it's like very common signs of like anxiety, right? Mm-hmm. So it was hard to tell like what was physical from the physical illness and what was from like my mental health struggles. Um. So throughout high school was when I said, you know, my mental health struggles like kind of peaked because I had gone over the illness, but I was still feeling a lot of these symptoms. And I think it was because I was like starting this like new stage of high school where i had felt like i had already missed out on a lot of stuff cuz i was sick um so it was me being very nervous about the future obviously cuz everyone you know in high school you were thinking about college thinking about like careers and everything so i was already thinking about that
0: mm-hmm.
1: um which took a toll on my mental health um but at the same time i feel like i was already missing out on things and i was missing a lot of school at that point too so probably like 50 days i think 50 days a year wow. um, every year so um yeah that was I think the the highest point of my mental health struggles um and then basically I ended up testing out of high school where I took like the equivalents like a GED it's called like the chest B exam um so I still got my diploma and everything but I left in my towards the end of my junior year um and then I started I got, went to El Camino College for two years and then transferred to UCLA but in my time, like transitioning from high school to El Camino was like where I took the time to actually focus on myself because I didn't have the stress of school anymore. I just kind of wanted to focus on my mental health, kind of reintegrating everything in my life to like a stable point. Um, so I think I, could, I can't really identify the the first point of my mental health journey, but I think around high school is when I identified, you know, this is a problem that I want to focus on and then beginning of college is where I really, like, double down on it.
0: Mm. That's interesting. I mean, okay, so, like, I didn't know how early it started for you. Because I remember you, like, when we talk about it, like, you would tell me, like, that you uh, left high school early and all that stuff. But I didn't know just how early it started. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, like, at such a young, formidable age, like, I know in middle school, like, that was such a weird time for me and for a lot of people. Um when this happened like in you said 5th or 6th grade did that like how did that impact you socially or your relationship with like food or like how did that all play a role in that that age range that you were in
1: Yeah so I think I was lucky enough to have like solid friends around who you know at that time though I didn't want to talk about anything so I mm-hmm. kind of tried to act like everything was normal so like, I think a lot of my friends like didn't even know I was sick and like, I was good at hiding it. I mean, obviously I was missing a lot of school, but then I would kind of put on an act when I like got back to school to make it seem like everything was normal, which obviously looking back was not healthy. Cause I was just trying to like, kind of like block out everything else that was happening and just try to like convince everyone that I was fine. Um, which I think, yeah, was not good, but I was able to maintain a lot of friendships, but I again felt like I was falling behind everyone else because I grew up in a pretty like competitive school district, right? So even around middle school, people were already thinking about college. And I was like, how am I supposed to even think about college when I'm like, you know, I'm I'm sick, I gotta focus on this like right now. Right. Like I wasn't even thinking about college, but everyone else was like, Oh, what like, you know, language are you gonna take in high school? Like what math are you gonna do? like what uh, you know, AP classes are you gonna take? And so I felt like I was falling behind um, academically, which obviously overlapped socially because school was like, is kind of one of the biggest parts of your life. It's where you spend most of your time. Um, So that definitely started to affect like my friendships because um, maybe not on the, the outside. Like, I don't think I was showing it. Like I wasn't being like hostile or anything like that, but I felt it like internally, like, you know, how am I supposed to like maintain these friendships? Um, if like, I don't feel like I'm in a, the same place as people, you know? Yeah. Um, So going into high school, um, I still stuck with like a lot of my friends from middle school. So I'm really like appreciative of all the friendships that I did have. Um, and I still do have, I'm still friends with a lot of them. And obviously I'm more vocal about my mental health stuff now. So I have, told like talk to people about it now um people are like I didn't even know you were going through that (laughs) like in middle school like they had like no idea um but yeah as for the food part it was I just had a lot of anxiety about like eating anything (laughs) Mm because like basically I had to eat anything that like my mom was making because she knew she could control the ingredients right so like if we go out to restaurants like I was just scared that they were gonna like put in something that like we hadn't cleared with like the because we would call ahead you know and be like do you guys have this and this and this and then we found a few restaurants that were like these are safe like I don't feel sick after eating these so like I basically had my diet was like chicken and vegetables and rice (laughs) and that was it pretty much Uh so I had a lot of anxiety about like eating things Um, definitely about traveling places Mm. because I didn't want to like feel sick in like an unfamiliar place so yeah I got oh I also driving Like I didn't like the transportation moments of like being stuck in a car, you know? Hmm. So I had a lot of these like smaller things that like um, made me super, super anxious, which I have luckily gotten over now and everything. This guy can't really identify a lot of things that make me as anxious as like that point in time. Hmm.
0: So So at what point did you find the word or know that this was anxiety and that this was tied to mental health because i think a lot of us like we know what anxiety feels like we know what it like what mental health feels like but when were was it like when did you become aware that this was mental health
1: um i was going to a few different therapists hmm. um honestly therapy i was like pretty against it at the time just cuz i felt like you know this isn't helping like i don't understand like what this is supposed to do for me. Um, I have like a great relationship with my mom. So I would always talk to her about Mm. what I was feeling and thinking and whatever. So I felt like if I was talking to a therapist, I'm like, why are we having these conversations that I already have with my mom? You know, like I don't need someone to open up to. So therapy wasn't working at the time, but it still gave me kind of like the vocabulary to identify like what I was feeling. Um, So I think one was like the diagnosis of anxiety by a therapist. And then also, I think, so with the physical illness, I think at times I was like, you know, oh, this is because I'm sick. Like I'm feeling this way because I'm physically sick. But obviously, like I had gotten over it at one point, right? And I was doing the tests, like the blood tests and everything. And they're like, you know, your eosinophil levels are fine. Like everything is like actually looking normal. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, why am I still feeling like all these signs of, you know, what I had, all these symptoms that I had felt before, right? So then I started to like realize like oh maybe you know at times when i'm really worried about something like i'll have a ton of like nausea nausea or like stomach aches Hmm. and headaches and so i think having the physical test results of like oh you're physically fine was also part of it
0: Hmm. interesting so i guess like at what point did you have i guess an appreciation for The therapy or the mental health like help that you did have
1: i think talking to other people who expressed all of the like their personal stories with mental health and how therapists have helped them Mm. um i it it takes a really long time to find a therapist that you like and actually can work well with um so i had at one point found a therapist that was our psychiatrist was like really good She like she i just related to her a lot um and she had like a pretty similar story not with the physical illness part but about you know worrying about going to like a uh a community college and then transferring because at that point Mm. i had felt like you know if i'm at a community college like is there any way for me to like get into a good college from here and like have a good career Mm -hmm. um and she had gone through a similar timeline of going to a cc and then transferring to berkeley and I knew I wanted to transfer to UCLA, so mm. she showed me that like you know you can be successful after this because I hadn't talked to a lot of people who had gone to a CC, um. So yeah, at that point therapy for me was centered around college and the transition of just life and thinking about my future. Um. So I did find some help with that, um. But yeah, I think mainly it was the conversations with other people who mm. had expressed you know how much it had helped them.
0: Gotcha. So going back to these experiences throughout the illness and throughout high school, how did you, you know, keep optimism throughout all the ups and downs and the turbulences of both the mental and the physical health that you were going through?
1: It was honestly very, very difficult. And I can't say that I even was able to maintain Mm. like optimism, especially throughout high school, um, because I think there weren't, I didn't really see like a light at the end of the tunnel at that time. It wasn't until I was able to test out of high school and kind of remove myself because I think the physical space of high school was really stressful. It was hard to, to maintain optimism when I was like constantly in that environment. Mm. So once I was able to actually remove myself from that um, and spend some time with people who I hadn't like grown up with and knew like I I felt like everyone knew each other right so I I couldn't focus on myself because I was always thinking like what do other people think of me and I was also trying to keep up with everyone else around me so once Mm -hmm. I was able to just focus on myself by going to community college I think that was the point where I started to to do better and once I was doing better um then I could see a future for myself because I had time to just focus like specifically on me
0: Hmm. That's wild to me. So like what, how old were you when you started going to Elko? Um,
1: 17? Maybe? (laughs) 17?
0: So I guess I feel like that could be, I would think at my, if I was like picturing myself at Elko at 16, 17, I would feel more anxious there. But what was the comfort that you had in, like being at the community college rather than in high school like what like how did that help you
1: um i think it's just because at community college this is different from ucla and it's different from high school it's just that everyone was just there for themselves you know Mm. whereas in high school everyone seemed like they were there to compete and to one-up each other so i felt like if in high school when i had to take a test it wasn't like what grade can I do to to prove to myself that I'm smart and I'm capable? It's mm. like, well, what grade can I do to prove to everyone else that like, yes, I I can get into a good college, you know? Whereas in El Camino, everyone was like, I don't care what you're doing. I just like, I know what I wanna do. I'm gonna right. focus on myself. No one was comparing like test scores or like, no one was talking about like the SAT um, or where they wanted to transfer. It was literally like, oh, you wanna go to ESA? That's cool. Like, good luck. Um, and then the professors were also a lot more supportive hmm. um, compared to high school. I did. I had some very bad experiences <laughs> just with dealing with high school teachers because they didn't really understand what it was that I was going through. And they're like, "Oh, but your your grades are good, so I don't I don't see a problem." <laughs> and I was like, I was really struggling to get through just the coursework at school, but I had to force myself to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but and then transferring to UCLA I feel like at that point I was able to prove to myself that I was like capable of succeeding academically and career wise hmm. future so I was doing a lot better in that sense yeah
0: That's also wild to me. I just I like, can't picture like I can't picture that for my route but that's so amazing that it did work out for you that way. And I'm wondering because it is like a more non-traditional route to to college or to a career path even um i mean obviously you said you have this great relationship with your mom but how uh how supportive of the of this of this uh educational route were they
1: very they were the ones that told me to do it (laughs) i was i was like arguing with them for a really long time huh. like because uh one of the counselors in my high school had suggested like oh maybe she should test out of high school and just go to you yeah. know and my parents were like that's a great idea why didn't you tell us about that sooner and I was like why would I do that I want to stay with my friends like I want to graduate like why would I want to go to El Camino when I could just finish up my ju- uh, junior and senior year and yeah. then go to like a four-year like everyone else and I was arguing with them for like a pretty long time <laughs> and they finally were able to convince me, like you know at this like where you are right now we can't even guarantee that like you would be able to go off to school and like they're 100% right like I don't think I was like stable enough to actually go to a four-year I don't even know I don't think I would have been able to finish out my senior year Mm. on that track I think at one point I was like 13 tests behind like I just had these tests piling up and I like wasn't Mm. finishing them because I wasn't going to school um so I'm very grateful that they convinced me to do that (laughs) And they were obviously very supportive of, like, everything. And they knew that I wanted to go to UCLA, and they knew that I was, like, able to do that. So they were just there to, they weren't forcing me in any direction or anything. They were just there to support me. Wow. It was nice.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I'm amazed that they pushed you to, I mean, I guess that actually makes sense if the mm-hmm. grades were, if it was difficult to keep up with school and all that. But, wow, that's pretty, that's pretty wild. Um yeah. <laughs> so when you got like was there like a recovery uh from like the the physical health side was there like uh, you went to the doctor and they're like oh you're good now or was it like over time they're like you're getting better you're getting better you're getting better
1: um I I think because so I would basically just take a bunch of blood tests and they would hmm. test my eosinophil count. Um, my mom was mostly dealing with all the doctor stuff because oh. I was be like, what are you in fifth grade? <laughs> twelve or something. Um, but around that age, like I didn't I didn't know how to read reports or anything. So my mom was just dealing with all the doctor stuff. But I'm pretty sure it was just slowly the eosinophil counts were getting more and more back to normal. They were just like extremely high at one point. Hmm. And then at one point, a few years later, they're like, you know, it it, it looks fine now. Hmm. Um, but I had gone to so many different doctors to see if like ways to clear it up. And at the end of the day, we did not figure out <laughs> what it was that caused the eosinophils to be so high and then what it was that caused them to lower. So it could have been the diet. It could have hmm. been medication that I was on. It could have just been like time. I think, as they had mentioned, you know, at times when you like your hormones are changing, like you go through puberty and everything, like your body can get so out of whack that just like it just goes off the rails and then eventually Mm. it kind of settles out. So it could have been anything. So I still don't know. I don't know what I was allergic to either. So I went on that diet to slowly add things back and be like, oh, maybe I'm allergic to this. I never figured it out.
0: (laughs) That's so wild. Yeah. But I, I only asked to ask like when you when they were finally like, okay. your, your counts are good, your blood tests are coming out great. Was there any like mental health relief that you got from that? Or was it still just like this ongoing battle? Because as you said, like, you're technically like, your your blood tests were good, but you still have like some of these physical manifestations. So but was there a sense of mental health relief at all?
1: I think a little bit because for the longest time, I was when I was so sick, like physically sick, I was thinking like, you know, am, am I going to be living like this, like for the rest of my life? Because like you go on, like you Google things and whatever, and there's cases of people who are just like struggling through it for so long. Um, So I was concerned that I was just going to have to suffer with this like illness for the rest of my life. So when it started to clear up, I think there were a few moments of relief where I was like, okay, you know, at least that's behind me. But of course, my mind was so focused on all the other mental health <laughs> struggles that I didn't really have too much time to process it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was pretty more, it was more gradual. And I think at one point I was like, oh, hey, like, I'm not really sick anymore. But mm-hmm. it wasn't like right when I got the test results. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm cured, <laughs> you know? Right. So, yeah, I think there were just so many things going on at the time that I don't know if I saw a ton of relief from that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it is interesting with so it is a rare illness but my doctor had mentioned like they were seeing more and more cases like throughout the years because i I was going to him for a few years um and like they were seeing more cases so it could have been just stress related too Hmm. just because i know that talking to people now there's just people identifying mental health struggles through especially high school um is like more and more common um so it could be environmental things too so i think uh yeah it became more and more common which is interesting
0: mm-hmm. so i i come back to when you said like you you it was you couldn't really remain optimistic like you didn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but how like what how did you keep pushing through all of this because i mean you could have given up on the diet. like even trying to fix your diet and like you could have shut yourself off from your friends like but how did you keep pushing forward or who helped you push forward
1: uh definitely my parents um they were uh it was a lot of pressure on them i'm sure because we Mm. had you know like the school nurses and that like the school was like oh she has to go to school and we're like they were like well obviously (laughs) but she is not capable of going to school and everything i'm like so they were very supportive of me um that was I think the most help for me but I, there were definitely days which is why I missed so much school where I just like could not do anything like it was kind of like a feeling of just being numb where I wasn't like you know oh I'm just so stressed about this test like I can't go to school or like oh I'm worried about the future I can't go to school mm. like I didn't really feel anything like I didn't actually feel the worry and the anxiety almost it just felt like completely numb like I just wasn't thinking anything I was like oh I just know I'm not going to school today like because I physically could not Mm. um and then I again like I think there was so much going on like I can't identify a moment where I was able to like overcome that but it is very weird like looking back now at the point where I am with my mental health I can't identify like why I wasn't able to go to school you know or Mm. get out of bed or do all these things um but I think you're just in a completely different mindset and just like it's hard to it's just hard to do anything Mm -hmm. um but somehow I think I was able to push myself to do some things um yeah I don't know how though
0: (laughs) yeah it's it's wild and like with the fact that you're not able to like you're still not able to identify things do you have any like not hang-ups but does it does it still kind of linger of like like why was this such a issue for me or are you able to kind of put it behind you at this point
1: um No, I do think about it a lot. And I think especially when I was at UCLA, um, I was just having a great time at UCLA. And so there were times where I'm like, you know, I could have been having this much of a fun time Mm. in high school. And I don't see why I wasn't able to get myself to go. Like, I think if I went to my senior year, that would be very fun. And if I did go to my senior year, I honestly think I would have been able to get into UCLA for four years. And I could have had four years at UCLA. So there are a lot of feelings of regret, like, why didn't I do this? But I also am aware that like i just wasn't able to like i know if i transported myself back to that time even if i knew what i knew now i don't know if i would have been able to it's just like a completely different mindset that takes like a physical toll on your body
0: Hmm. yeah is it is there any part of you that if you could try to find the silver lining is there any part of you that feels gratitude for this journey that you went on
1: yeah i think it's made me a lot more empathetic to people um and just to everyone's different situations. Um, I think, I mean, that's again why I do a lot of work with Changing Tides is I just like, I it's something that everyone struggles through to different extents, some people like more severe than others, but it's such a common part of most people's lives, but it's something that a lot of people aren't willing to like address. Um, so I think just me struggling through it, it made me more mature, I think at an earlier age, um, and I was able to focus on myself and just avoid thinking about what other people thought of me um and what I thought of other people. Um so there was that. And then yeah, just like again starting the conversation. It always comes back to that. <laughs> um I think I was able to address mental health a lot earlier than a lot of people. Um mm-hmm. so yeah, just contributing to that, yeah.
0: Moving forward, um how did you first get involved with changing tides and all of the and all of this story of yours?
1: So actually, so the test that I mentioned, the Chesney test, I was supposed to take it in somewhere in the valley. I think it was it was like far away. So I had to take it at like six a.m. on this one day or seven a.m. And so my mom was like, "Let's drive out and uh, just stay in a hotel overnight, and then you'll do this exam the next day." And there was a Changing Tides meeting happening. So I knew about it because my dad um, on the board of LTSC, he had heard about Changing Tides. This was for their first event. It was originally supposed to be just like that one fundraiser. So he had heard about the planning for that. He was like, this seems like something that's really good. You can talk to people who, you know, are trying to be like start conversations about mental health. And he was like, why don't you go to this meeting that's happening? And it was happening like the day before the exam that I was supposed to take to test out of high school. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, like, And this like, I don't even think I could, drive or like I had barely drive at that point so like me and my mom were supposed to go to this like hotel anyway so we just drove to this restaurant in Gardena where they were having their meeting and I like met with all of them and talked about it and I was like at the end of it I was like okay well this has been this has been great and then I went to this hotel and I took a test the next day and so everything felt very like all at once kind of felt like a fever dream like I don't <laughs> um but it was yeah so that's how I got involved initially was it just felt like this great thing that was like exactly what I was looking for um just people who were willing to talk about things like mental health because at that time like none of my friends had mentioned anything about it um you weren't really seeing it a lot in like media and things so it Mm -hmm. was nice also just to have Japanese Americans who were going through something similar because obviously there's a lot of cultural elements that go into the conversations about mental health so it felt yeah like a perfect opportunity for me to get involved um and then yeah that was the first meeting and then I just kind of joined in for future planning things yeah
0: and you were 17 at this time too yes wow that's unbelievable I
1: think 17
0: wow (laughs) yeah when you when you were joined at 17 I was like wow I can't believe people are even aware of mental health at this time because I've said it so many times but like all throughout high school until I was diagnosed with depression. What did I just call my mental health being in a funk? Yeah. So like even being aware of it at your age, like then was is, is pretty unbelievable. Um, so there have been a lot of changes in the, the mental health, like um, the world of mental health, the way that we look at it, the way we talk about it. Um, and for, as an early crew member for Changing Tides, what have you seen change in the mental health awareness uh of your peers uh, of social media like how have things changed since the early days of changing tides
1: yeah i always i talk about this a lot um but i i think it's really cool to see people my age and even just friends who had never mentioned anything about mental health before i love seeing people casually mention like oh yeah my therapist told me this and it's so cool just to see people like openly talking about their therapy because before it was like oh you go to a therapist you don't tell people you're going to a therapist right and now everyone is doing it just for themselves and I know like a lot of people at UCLA um there were programs that like got you discounts on therapy sessions um and so people are like oh yeah I've been searching for a therapist like I'm so excited and it's just been so cool to see people just talk about it in such a positive light um and then I think within media seeing a lot of you know, athletes and celebrities and stuff talk about their own mental health journeys. Um, just putting it in just such an open and, like, approachable way. Um, I think it's, yeah, it's just been so cool to see, like, new conversations happening.
0: Mm-hmm. What was it like for for you guys back then, like, even of internal meetings? Uh, internal meetings then versus now. Like, is that even different in how you would talk about it as a crew?
1: Um... Yeah, I think before we were trying to focus on, again, just making it approachable, like we always talked Mm. about, like starting the conversation, right? So it's like, how can we incorporate approachable elements of things like art and try to get people to open up, like look internally on themselves and their own stories so people can identify, you know, signs of anxiety and things like that. Um, But again, just making it really approachable and having people, uh, we always talk about like the intergenerational conversations, we wanted Mm. to start a lot of that. Um, But yeah, very big focus on starting conversations. And so now it's been cool to, within our meetings, like we're able to focus on like, what else can we do? Mm. Like, how can we expand beyond this? yeah, Um, Because we have reached a huge audience, which has been really cool just seeing people approach us and say, hey, I've been through this, or I know someone who's been through this. And so it's, it's been really nice to see us like, go beyond just talking.
0: Yeah, yeah totally yeah because I, I remember like the original changing tides event like mental health wasn't even in the title of the event like mm-hmm. you guys kind of had to walk around the title of that first event um, but you, you did mention art and I would love to hear uh, what resources or outlets that you 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 utilize to maintain good mental health yeah I think so
1: for art I've always done art as like a hobby um but i found good ways to utilize it as like a mental health resource um because i just love having something to put all my energy and all my thoughts to you know if i'm working Mm -hmm. on like a painting or like a sewing project um or anything like i can just dedicate like my my thoughts just to one thing and also just with my personality i like to have proof like evidence of things <laughs> um just because I like to look back on things and be like oh this is something that I created mm-hmm. you know when I was doing this so that goes with for just any types of memories I like to have like pictures of photo evidence and things um mm-hmm. as just physical representations and also so with art I like having physical manifestations of like all of my hard work into one thing um so Yeah, just having a painting or something at the end. I could say I dedicated my time and my thoughts and all of this just towards this one piece of artwork. Uh, I like having that. Yeah.
0: That's yeah, I think that's been a very cool through line throughout a lot of these interviews and also through the work that Changing Tides does is that people utilize art, that uh, art is such a great outlet. Um, But yeah and i'm so sorry i have to ask you the next question because you are a recent college graduate and you are still on the job hunt so in this stage you know this 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 time period varies from person to person um but for you as you're navigating this post-college pre-job time um what feelings come up or you know how do you remain positive throughout this time
1: yeah, so the job hunt has not been easy or fun at all for me. Um, it's a little, honestly, it brings up a lot of feelings of regret, Um, unfortunately, because like I said, I was struggling a lot throughout high school and I wasn't thinking about what am I gonna do in college? Mm. Um, and then so when I was at El Camino, it's like, okay, I need to focus on myself. So I wasn't thinking about the future because anytime I thought about the future, it just brought up lots of feelings. You know, things of anxiety, and it still does. Um, and I'm sure for a lot of people, that's how it is. Um, so for me, I was like, I'm gonna focus on the moment. And that was what I did for my two years at El Camino. And then two years at UCLA, unfortunately, <laughs> it was for COVID. Um, so I transferred in online and everything. So I didn't, I was focusing on adjusting to UCLA and the workload and the differences compared to El Camino. Mm-hmm. Um, and that took up a lot of my time and energy. Um, and I did my best to try and build like my resume and my portfolio and everything. So I wanna go into like UX research, which I have found out is very difficult to enter. <laughs> um, there's not a lot of entry-level jobs. So I've just been struggling with that. But I think the feelings of regret come from uh, thinking like I wasn't, I look back at I wish I had done more, you know, hmm. to, to, improve like my portfolio and everything and to work towards a career Um, but at the same time I recognize that that just wasn't possible for me Um, so yeah I think the job hunt has been putting me back in the mindset almost of how I was in high school of just worrying about the future and everything Hmm. Um, so I've been doing my best to uh, steer clear of that and focus, you know, just day by day, instead of what am I gonna do two, three months from now? Like I just try to focus on the day. So I try to think about, um, you know, like, oh, maybe I'm gonna apply to this many jobs or I'm gonna at least search for these types of jobs today or tomorrow I'm going to uh, work on writing like cover letters or something, hmm. you know, or like improve, yeah. fix my website portfolio. And so I try to do it day by day instead, because I think at this point there's no use in thinking like, I want a job by this day and I want to be doing right. this by this day. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's been rough, but I'm doing my best to stay optimistic.
0: <laughs> so much of like, for, at least for me in my experiences, so much of anxiety is like my own internal monologue. And then at some point I kind of have to snap myself out of it. Or something has to come along and step my myself out of it, not to like say anxiety is all just perplexed by your own yourself like it's very it's a very real thing, of course, but how do you kind of ground yourself or bring yourself back from these moments where you know this internal monologue just feels like it's it's drowning out your your resiliency
1: um i I try to Again, like just focusing on the day-to-day thing. Like I'm, I try, I, so I struggle a lot with like getting myself to just do things in general. <laughs> um, so I try to just give myself like goals um, even if they're like really, really small um, so that I feel like I'm accomplishing something. And if I can get one of the small goals done it makes me feel more motivated to do things. And again, just focusing on the very, very small things like step-by-step things. Um, trying to block out like the bigger picture um that's been my best most successful way so far (laughs) um yeah again there's always the moments where that doesn't work and I just there's days where I just like don't get anything done um but all part of the process I
0: think (laughs) Mm. no totally I mean yeah I mean for me when I was done with school I think I just sat around for like months not getting anything done so you know um I think it's so another interesting thing because like for for ourselves I think it's like we hold ourselves to such high stakes but then if someone around you is like set, like if someone else explained to you like one of your friends said they're doing the exact same thing you are you'd probably be like no it's fine like you're you're allowed to give yourself time yeah when it's yourself like for some reason it's like a sin
1: yeah, it's just yeah, I think as Asian Americans too, I think we're just so highly critical of ourselves and like always trying to prove ourselves to others. Um, also do everything we can to like be good people for our parents and you know, do be the most successful that we can be, but it's a lot of lot of pressure. mm
0: mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It is, it totally is. Um I guess I'd like to ask um, if there's anything else you'd like to say before I ask you some fun little quick fire questions.
1: No, I think that's about it. Honestly, my brain isn't working at like quick fire capacity. So I knew you're, I I knew this was happening, but I still don't feel ready for quick fire questions. But...
0: It's okay. Oftentimes they don't end up being quick fire, but I don't know what else to call them. And we're gonna stick with it. <laughs> Sounds um, good. So first one, if you were a raindrop, where would you fall?
1: If I was a raindrop? Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Um, Japan. I feel like that's the best way for me to get to Japan right now. I've been wanting to go forever, but COVID, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Was That'd be so nice to just fall in like a nice field or mm-hmm. like a forest.
0: I was yeah. going to ask you, uh, where you would, if you could travel anywhere right now, where would you go? Ah, oh, Japan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if you were a super a superhero, what would your power be?
1: Um, teleportation. I think that just is a product of me growing up in LA and having mm-hmm. to drive for an hour and a half. I could be placed instantly. Yeah.
0: Gotcha. Um best part of the bay i know you're a big fan of the bay area
1: the warriors
0: <laughs> okay relax. is that is
1: that, the, is that the answer you're expecting
0: no just relax though they're <laughs> it's fine uh what is the best part of socal
1: not the lakers um okay. <laughs> i think the weather yes okay. i feel fine. like i should i should i should clarify because everyone's gonna call me a bandwagon my dad is from <laughs> near the Bay. So he forced me to like the Warriors growing up because I just took everything that he liked. So I'm not a bandwagon. I don't like the Lakers because he has talked for his entire life how much he hates the Lakers. And that's just what it is. But I did grow up in LA. So it is what it is. All right.
0: I All right. Say so. <laughs> um, What is your favorite uh, um, milk alternate? Your favorite we, alternate move I
1: know. We've had this conversation. It's I know. Defi- it's definitely soy. Um, oat is the wrong answer. Almond is okay. second best.
0: I just wanted you to say it on the record so everyone could know that you have the wrong take on this.
1: It's definitely but... not oat.
0: Anyways, um, <laughs> if you could invite five people to dinner, dead or alive, who would they be?
1: Uh, Clay Thompson.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: Um. I think he would be so fun to have dinner with
0: Mm. i honestly
1: don't know what i would talk to him about but i think he (laughs) seems very intimidating um tyler the creator also very intimidating Mm. i just think he's very funny um who else Gemma chan i wanna i just love her i think if i could be anyone i'd be her she's so cool Mm. um but also i want to hear about the um don't worry darling drama (laughs) i want to hear her hot take for real trust her Mm uh who else jimin and Jungkook of bts
0: okay uh, yeah that's, that's a fun, fun dinner
1: yes that is fun i feel like the conversations would be very awkward but
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think it would be like clicks i think it would be yeah. like Jim clay and Gemma. clay and tyler yes and i think maybe Gemma could be like somewhere in the middle maybe could i don't know the bridge yeah yeah uh, and then to round it out, I'd like to ask, what would the title of your autobiography be?
1: Um... Oh, I was never good at, like, creative writing. so like, um... Maybe just... Where do we go from here? Because I never know what's happening next, but I'd love to know. So, that, yeah.
0: Is, is that all the title? Is that whole Is there thing more and
1: there's supposed to be more
0: <laughs> no but like you said like the first part and then oh you... yeah the whole
1: thing uh i don't really know i was never good at creative writing uh where do we go from here yeah <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay cool uh katie thank you so much for being on the podcast i know you told me in advance that you don't like talking but we've made it quite a long pod you, we made it a good amount of time so thank you for having the power to do this with me
1: yes thank you for having me i expect um the what did you say three to five business days of you being kind to me um i appreciate it (laughs) three to five business days
0: i think it's going to be closer to three but um (laughs) we'll see how i'm feeling
1: let's do seven business days
0: thank you again to katie for coming onto the podcast and sharing about her mental health story uh ranging back to her early stages of high school it's been really cool to get to know As I said in the beginning, it's been really cool to get to know everyone on the CT crew on a deeper level and hearing about their mental health stories. So uh, if you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe to our show for our episodes that release on every other Tuesday. Give us a rating or review on your favorite podcast platform. If you would like to support our podcast and help us grow, you can do so with a donation to the link at the bottom of the episode description. To hear more about Changing Tides, follow us on Instagram at ltsc_changing_tides underscore Changing Tides or check out our website, thechangingtides.org. Let's continue to change the tides on mental health.